Hey gang, it's your friendly fellow fat fighter Beefcake here from the Randomosity Health Podcast. I am here to let you know about our sponsors, Compound Health and Fitness. Compound Health and Fitness uh, are wonderful, wonderful people who have been helping me with this personal weight loss journey, and they can help you too. If you go to compoundhealthandfitness.com, you can inquire information about their services. They offer classes. They offer personal training, one-on-one sessions. They even offer a wonderful wedding package. So if you're looking to get in shape for that special day, they have something for you there too. You can find them on Facebook under Compound Health and Fitness or at their website, compoundhealthandfitness.com. And this is for everyone, whether you're looking to lose weight, improve your health, or just obtain a happier, healthier lifestyle. And if you let them know that you're a Randomosity Health listener, you're going to receive a complimentary health and fitness consultation. So contact them today at compoundhealthandfitness.com. And now, on with the show. Welcome to yet another Randomosity Health Podcast here on the Randomosity Podcast Network. I am your host, Frank Beefcake Monroe. And I am Alicia Johnson. Pause for music. I was waiting for my intro music. And this is Dr. Alicia Johnson. All right. Dr. Alicia, we have a, uh, a great show today. Yes, we do. We're talking about hydration. Hydration, which uh, for those of you at home who are unaware, hydration is when you are not dehydrated. <laughs> that is correct. Yes, yes. That is drinking thing. Or the act of preventing dehydration. Yes. yes. Um, and of course, uh, our favorite hydrating elements or, or uh, <clears throat> mixture, cocktail, if you will, would be uh, that of hydrogen and oxygen, uh, water, if you will. Um, and uh, I think that that is something that we really need to touch base on today specifically, especially in the world of weight loss and the world of better health. Uh, there's so many amazing things that water does for you. But on average, the average American, the average person worldwide does not get enough water. Right. Like, so 75 percent of Americans are chronically dehydrated. Yeah. That's a lot. And you don't even know it is a sad thing. Yeah. And there's a lot of medical conditions that uh, actually spring up by being dehydrated that you don't think about. I mean, it's been linked to short term memory loss. It's been linked to uh, having bad skin. It's been linked to I mean, just about anything that you can think of uh, in one way or another. Water helps your body perform all of its tasks. Right. Um, so not having it can can cause you major problems. Yes, absolutely. Everything from chemical reactions to just basic mechanical functions in our body is really dependent upon water. So, right, almost everything won't work right if you're dehydrated. You can't even urinate if you're dehydrated. You can't. That's how bad it you is. You can't. No. <laughs> and the <laughs> symptoms of, of dehydration don't start with thirst necessarily. Okay. So, so the first sign that you're dehydrated for many people is not feeling thirsty. And, and many people are not connected to 
the the feeling of needing to be hydrated and recognizing it as as thirst many people will experience other things like brain fog or fatigue mm-hmm. or dizziness lightheadedness mood swings things like that they're really a lot of people even just recognize thirst as hunger mm-hmm. so they eat when they really need to be drinking yeah and i i mean i've honestly personally i've i've witnessed all of those um I mean, and I've noticed a huge difference because when we started this whole thing, uh, I was I was the average American, you know, like I I maybe would have like one or two or three drinks a day, you know, maybe with a meal or something. But I wasn't I wasn't consistently drinking or rehydrating. Um, I was like, if I felt thirsty, I would go get something to drink. Uh, And so I'm sure I was severely dehydrated. But one of the big factors that changed all of this when we started the weight loss, when we started, you know, the working out and the nutrition and all of that uh, was I increased my water intake. Mm -hmm. And by doing so, it has helped to not only with the weight loss, because I can tell a huge difference when if there's a week where I haven't stayed on my water regimen and and drank as much as I need to, I don't lose nearly as much weight or in a lot of cases I gain weight Mm -hmm. um, versus the weeks where my body's like, hey, I have plenty of water. Everything's coming through. It's okay to get rid of this. And I burn fat. Yeah. Plus processing water itself, I mean, that alone takes calories, which helps to help burn extra fat. So Yes, every part of your metabolism will will require some kind of water to function properly. And your metabolism will slow down by like 3% if you're dehydrated. So it's yeah. a pretty... It's a pretty significant change in your metabolic rate. And then the other thing that you'll see just physically with your weight and your appearance is Mm -hmm. that the more dehydrated you get, the more your body thinks it needs to hold on to water. So you'll actually retain water weight and look puffier and look bigger and see more on the scale if you are not drinking enough. So that's what all you girls are always talking about. <laughs> Water weight. Yes. Yeah, so so for women, hormone changes, and because our hormones change so much more often, we actually do experience the water weight a lot more. And so so when you, when you bring that up, a lot of people don't understand why that's happening. Mm-hmm. So for, for women especially, the water weight is basically during the second half of the cycle, so the two weeks before the woman's period, during that time, um, the more carbohydrates they eat, Mm -hmm. the more you'll start to see um, sensitivity with salt and retaining water from salt. So that's why you hear people talking about it and talking about the water weight, and they think it's the salt. Mm -hmm. And it is, but it's the salt that's affecting them more because of the carbohydrate intake. So if they had a low-carb, high-salt diet, they wouldn't retain nearly as much water um, as they would with a high-carb, high-salt diet. Well, and that's that's a really good point because a lot of people, um, well, anybody who's taken basic biology or chemistry knows that salt or sodium chloride is a, a dehydrating agent. Mm-hmm. It actually absorbs the water and, and gets rid of it. Um, so that's why they tell you not to drink salt water and stuff like if you're lost out at sea because yeah. it'll just cause you to dehydrate your body faster. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, like so the, the salt itself, I, I haven't really looked into the, the whole water weight thing as far as. Uh, with women and hormones and stuff like that. Mm. So you being a woman, I I figured maybe you could help me out. (laughs) Um, So with that, then their salt intake, you're saying is, is it still counterbalancing the water weight? Is it still helping get rid of it? But then the carbohydrates are in the way? Like So the more we have a higher carbohydrate diet, and when, mm-hmm. I, when I say higher carbohydrate, I mean more than 120 grams in a day. The more we have a higher carbohydrate diet, the more um, we experience some some 
problems with insulin and Mm -hmm. insulin resistance. And people who have that higher level of insulin resistance are more likely to retain water from sodium. So, so it's, it's more complex than just the process of, of ingesting sodium and your body eliminating it. So yes, a very, very high salt diet, like drinking seawater, ocean water, for example, that would be bad. That's actually what I'm drinking right now. (laughs) But (laughs) we're able to tolerate a certain amount of, of sodium and Mm -hmm. It's very dependent upon a lot of things. The kidneys are constantly filtering the system, filtering out extra water, filtering out extra sodium and potassium and working on calcium balance and magnesium balance. So the kidneys are constantly keeping that blood level normal. And the kidneys can do that by eliminating salt through the urine, salt and water through the urine, or you can actually take that fluid out into the into the interstitial space into the body and get get a little bit puffy so people who have problems with blood sugar metabolism have a little bit more trouble with putting that water in the intracellular space and so you'll see a lot more puffiness especially with the hormone balance that happens before a woman's period but all the time um, when I see people that complain about retaining water a lot, I start talking to them about sugar before I start talking to them about salt. Because theoretically, you should be able to regulate that salt intake somewhat. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And that sugar is a, a really big thing. And I know we've we've talked about it in the past, but it's it's such a big deal and it keeps coming up. Because yeah. every time I learn something new about uh, about my body or about you know this whole process of, of getting healthier and losing weight and all this, uh, I'm constantly doing research, and every t- where I go, I keep seeing these red flags of sugar, 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 mm-hmm. sugar. So it is going to be something that we're constantly talking about. Um, but at the same time, you know, like we've talked about it in depth, so I'm going to try not to beat a dead <laughs> horse. But it is maybe it's a dead horse that needs to be beaten. You it, know, I think I think we have to keep revisiting it yeah. because of the fact that that it comes up so many times and it's funny because people sometimes talk to me about how sugar talking about sugar is kind of my thing Mm -hmm. and I don't think of it that way it literally just affects so many things that that it is relevant to every single health topic. Yeah. There's nothing that, <laughs> that it doesn't relate to. And don't worry, it's not your bias affecting me because like you and I had only talked about sugar like once, I believe, yeah. before I got on the kick. Yeah. And it was it was one of those things I just everywhere I looked and everything I read, like that was the common, you know, the denominator I could find was sugar. Yeah. And I mean, even now, like I um I recently started um I've, I've been trying to influence other people who are in my life and close to me uh, to also, you know, get in better health and, and lose weight and stuff and, and help them with that. And um, someone who's very near and dear to me was uh, recently we were talking about her diet mm-hmm. and she's one of those people. She is very obviously addicted to sugar, mm-hmm. like in, in, a, in a bad, bad way. And uh, so much so that she's been trying to eat healthier. And so she'll go get salads and stuff like that. But then she'll also have a cookie, you know. Yeah. And and it's just it's well so I set her down to talk to her about it a little bit and keep in mind I'm not a trained professional I can only speak from personal perspective and what I've what I've done research on mm-hmm. so you know I'm talking to her about it and she's uh, she's asking me about these uh, these energy balls that a girl at work makes you uh-huh. know and I'm like oh yeah I mean that sounds like something that could be good so she shows me the recipe dates the, and raisins dates and syrup raisins, and honey yeah. peanut butter honey <laughs> yeah uh, what else chocolate chips um, there was there was so like literally 90% of the the ingredients that went into this was sugar 
Yeah. So if you came to me as a patient and you said, my four-year-old is failing to thrive, Mm -hmm. meaning like they're growing so slowly that it's a medical problem, Mm -hmm. I would say, eat that. That would be great. That would be a great way to get tons of calories in a really small package. Mm -hmm. So definitely not something that I would recommend. If somebody was like, I'm training for a marathon and I don't have a lot of time to eat and I'm losing weight and I don't know what to do, I'd be like, eat that. Yeah, That's perfect. It has tons of calories. It does have plenty of energy. I mean, there's energy to burn there because it's all sugar. Yeah. And so you could call it energy ball or you could call it calorie ball because both mean the same thing right but it sounds more fun if you say energy ball that's true everybody wants energy nobody wants calories yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> well, even though they're exactly the same thing yeah. and and that's that's another thing too is because this made me start looking because i was like well maybe i can find her a healthy alternative you know that's going to be about the same but but not have as much sugar yeah and so you know i googled it uh-huh. you know I, I googled just uh sugar-free energy balls uh-huh. uh so pinterest obviously comes up uh-huh. and there's a million different recipes for it like sugar-free vegan paleo Uh like energy balls all this stuff every single one of them has an abundance of ingredients that have sugar okay so what you would want to do so so my husband jokes that we need a we need a class in googling health Mm -hmm. topics and i totally agree because it's so hard to find the information that you're looking for and um so if you were to google ketogenic like snack balls something like that the word ketogenic means literally there's no carbohydrates in it okay or almost none so then you would find um some things that that i think are really helpful and easy to make so one example and this isn't for everybody at all (laughs) but um (laughs) you eat dung beetles that's all you need i have made a, a mixture of you can use butter or coconut oil but a mixture of melted butter unsweetened cocoa powder chili powder and cinnamon okay um and then poured them into like peanut butter cup shapes so you have a totally unsweetened chocolate no sweetened taste whatsoever it's gonna be a little bland i'll warn you right now it's not bland because of the chili powder and because of the cinnamon it's bitter and so if you like bitter coffee and bitter Uh beer and things like that then you might like bitter chocolate with no sweetener i think it tastes great but it's definitely not for everybody (laughs) and so that sounds like a horrible trick you'd play on somebody here (laughs) have some chocolate (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so it could feel like that if you really want the sweet taste (laughs) so but if you like the taste of the chocolate itself then Mm -hmm. then that's good and another thing that we've done quite a bit is mix um almond butter and chocolate flavored protein powder because you're still going to get some carbohydrates in a protein powder it may be artificial sweeteners or it may there's so many different kinds there's Mm -hmm. no rule of thumb on how much carbohydrate would be in that protein powder but if you get a decent protein powder and mix it with almond butter you can actually make little um low sugar snack balls or little snack bars and that's actually really easy so it can be done Mm -hmm. but i you know anything if you look up that stuff you're gonna find agave nectar date syrup putting soaking raisins and putting them in the blender it's all the same it's all just finding some concentrated sweet flavor exactly i think my favorite one was a very overly ripe banana yeah (laughs) and it was like so pure sugar and banana form Mm -hmm. yes yeah Uh, (laughs) banana sugar so yeah that that's i would still choose a banana over like maple syrup 
personally. Yeah. But there there are things out there that you can snack on and even things like little protein bars or balls that you can make at home that don't have all that stuff. Well, maybe you need to help me find some of these recipes and I'll, I'll use those for like future cooking segments or things that we do. Yeah. And give them a try. We'll give them a try. Yeah. Sound good? Sounds Sweet. good. Uh, oh, I know. Sorry, my brain. You know how my brain works. It's like, <laughs> uh, let's go left field, right field, down the street. You know. um, so the other day, I, I was watching uh, a show on TV, and a commercial came on for uh, Diet, I believe it's Diet Coke, or it might be Diet Pepsi, but it's now aspartame-free. Yeah. Uh, that was their big thing, was to make sure that everybody knew it was aspartame-free. So what's is it sucralose? Uh, what did yes. they put in there? I is believe it's sucralose. I haven't looked it up. I'm just assuming yeah. that sucralose is well, what I'll tell you what. There. Let's keep talking about it, and I'll Google it while we're, while we're doing okay, it. Okay, you can Google, and I can talk a little bit more about hydration if you want to. Sure, sure. Okay, so um, a couple of things that we haven't talked about in terms of um, how the hydration is going to affect you. Hydration, not only is it the number one cause of daytime fatigue, um, but you're also going to notice much more hunger. Like we talked about, one full glass of water when you're having a hunger pang will eliminate the hunger pang in almost 100% of people. Uh So if you're feeling hungry and you do not think that you actually need to eat at that time, if you start by having a full glass of water, it's very likely that you're going to shut down that hunger signal. Because again, a lot of people don't know the difference between a hunger signal and a thirst signal. Especially with, you know, the way most kids are raised, they are told that they have to finish their plate, they have to eat at this specific time, they have to have this mm-hmm. specific thing. And we are we unlearn our signals as children because of the way we're taught to eat. And so just just keep in mind that whatever you think your body is telling you, for most people it's totally inaccurate. Yeah. So until well, you've gotten in a better place for anyone, until you you've gotten in a better place with your health where you actually know that those signals are accurate just start by having a glass of water yeah and i don't know very many people who didn't grow up that way so i mean and that's that was one of my big problems uh that i i realized when i first started the whole weight loss desire you know uh was i grew up in a household where we didn't have a lot of money we didn't have a lot of food and so the food we did have you know mom obviously wanted us to make sure we we ate Mm -hmm. and so it was always you know you clean your plate before anything you know and, and you don't let any food go to waste you know we were a big leftover house as well yeah and so i grew up thinking I, I had that mindset. I was almost it was almost a Pavlovian response. You know, if there's food, don't let it go to waste. I would much rather eat it and not waste it yeah. than throw it away. Yeah. And so I think that was a big problem with why I had as much weight gain as I did uh, in the beginning mm-hmm. um, is because it, that was the hardest thing for me to overcome was yeah. that mental edge of, oh, well, I don't want to waste food. There's there's starving kids in China. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think I think there are a lot of components to that that we could probably talk about at another time it's a topic that i'm kind of passionate about because i do think it affects americans health in a lot of ways yeah that we i I was at a sweet tomatoes one time and i heard this mom telling her kid that she couldn't have her it was you know you can't have your ice cream until you finish your mac and cheese with bacon or whatever and i was Mm -hmm. like well i mean (laughs) it's kind of they're about the same i don't know that it's really that different (laughs) but anyway um Eat your McDonald's before we get dessert. Yeah, you need need to finish your French fries. Um, So what did you find on the sweetener? It was correct. It is sucralose. Sucralose. Okay. So the reason I assumed it was sucralose Mm -hmm. is because that's kind of our least demonized sweetener right now. That doesn't mean that it's not important. It's just our least demonized sweetener. Well, because it's the one that they have in Activia, isn't it? Or... 
What one of those? It's in a lot of sweeteners, things. yeah. It's in a lot of things. So saccharin was popular, and then they they connected it to some important health risks, and mm-hmm. it became less popular. Aspartame became popular, and then they connected it to all kinds of stuff, including um, the big C, which always scares everybody away. Yes, yeah. yes, and brain stuff. Yeah. Um. I and I've seen some really interesting things, and in, with regard to sweeteners, and and again, maybe a whole topic on artificial sweeteners, but um. The aspartame, for example, if you drink Diet Coke, you're much, much more likely to be retaining water weight. Mm -hmm. And so to be experiencing dehydration and puffiness and water retention. So the sucralose, the biggest concern is that it's bad for the thymus. And so um, if you don't know much about the thymus, because most people wouldn't, you probably do, um, the most people don't know much about the thymus. It's, it's important for immune system regulation. And so, so it's really more important for children and children. Our immune system development is very important in our thymus as adults. It's very small and almost non-functional. It doesn't do a whole lot. So it's really more of a, an issue for, for babies and children for normal immune system development. So if we look at the thymus gland and say, well, you know, it doesn't really do that much. It's not that important. It is really <laughs> important, but it's important for children. And you yeah. might say, well, that's fine because little kids aren't drinking Diet Coke. Yes, they are. And and oh, yeah. I would never let my kids ingest a lot of sucralose and and think that they could have perfectly normal immune system development. Mm-hmm. So I do think that that's like a really little known, little talked about issue with the sucralose because... In general, it's not it's not in a lot of kids' foods. Mm-hmm. I think that down the line, we're going to hear people talking about that. So, like, at this time, most foods contain aspartame, and then you have cancer concerns, you have neurologic concerns, mm-hmm. major neurologic concerns, and then you also have the issue of water retention, and you have the issue of um, even just that artificial sweetener changing your immune system by changing your gut flora. Yeah. So the bacteria that lives in your digestive system will change your immune system. It's kind of indirect. And now we're leaping to something that's that is more of an issue for our children. And and that I think is a little bit scary. Well, and I, I 100% agree with you, and I can't count the number of times that I've seen small children, like infant or toddler children, who have bottles that have soda in them. Oh, my you God. Know? <laughs> I, I'm serious. I know. Like, I believe that It's that's a very it's popular just, oh. thing. And, and they... Um, you remember that documentary I was telling you about that sugar film? Uh-huh. Uh, he even did a, a little bit about it because he came to America because we're we're number one as far as devouring sugar by the hands full. Yeah. And he went down, I believe it was it was either like North Carolina or Kentucky, somewhere up in the Appalachians. And there's a, there's a kid there who has what they call Mountain Dew mouth, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically when all your teeth are completely rotted out. And uh, he was even talking about, he was like, you know, from a very young age, like his mom used to fill his bottle up with Mountain Dew. And like now that he's a teenager, like he, he'd go and buy like a couple liters of Mountain Dew and drink every single day. And they drink that instead of water, like as just sort of, and I mean, that happens everywhere. It's not just yeah. Mountain Dew, but I mean, Mountain Dew is the popular one because it's overly caffeinated and there's extra sugar and all that stuff, but any of them. And, and it's like, it's the same, 
it's bad enough when I have to shake my head at someone who's like, uh, well, I'm drinking a diet soda because it's healthier for me. Yeah. Uh, than it is when I have to see, you know, a baby walking around with a bottle full of soda pop. And yeah. it's like, oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. Because they're still at a developmental stage. Like yeah. their body is still learning about the world around it. And so you're affecting them greater than you would be as an adult. You know, absolutely. And and I grew up like that. I probably drank a two liter of Diet Coke every day until I was 16. Yeah. And I had a boyfriend who was like, well, when when do you drink water? And I was like, <laughs> do people drink water like water? on purpose? You mean like out of the toilet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why? And but it, it did influence me to start drinking it. And it just started to kind of break that pattern of thinking that that's what I should be drinking. Yeah. And it was actually kind of funny because I, while I'm pretty strict about a lot of things, it's just because I choose to be. And um, I still associate the the Diet Coke flavor with good. You know, it yeah. still tastes like that's what I think a drink should taste like. I don't think it should <laughs> taste like regular sugar. That's what I drank my whole life. I have to send this mimosa back. It doesn't taste yeah. like diet. <laughs> but um, every once in a while, if I'm out in a social setting where I'm like, I'm going to do something crazy, I'll get like, I'll drink a Diet Coke. Yeah. And it's not often. And whenever I do, people are like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, you have to understand, like for me, the like my diet is really clean a lot of times. So, mm -hmm. so whether it's like a cupcake or you know, pasta or something like that. Just doing something that's a little bit out of the ordinary for me is not, it's not a concern at all. I don't have an eating disorder. I just uh, choose to eat these healthy foods. And so. Well, and so, you'll, you'll bounce back a lot easier from that than, than someone who eats it constantly. Yeah. Know? And it's, it's just not a big deal and it's not like a common thing, but I thought it was really funny because somebody that I had never met mm -hmm. was like, <laughs> like sat me down and and tried to talk to me about not drinking diet coke <laughs> and it was just funny because i was awesome. like i didn't say anything i was just like uh, thank you because you know he should keep doing that <laughs> you should start talking to him about jesus or something that would have been fun <laughs> i i just let it go and i was like thank you so much you know what i'll i'll order water next time <laughs> yes sir and thank you for saving my life <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Well, and I mean that, but that's that's something else people need to realize is these things are are bad for you, but they're they're made to be a treat. They're made to be like you know, it, it shouldn't be something that you live your day to day life on. And and you made really good point about drinking diet coke like every day when you were a kid, mm -hmm. because that does become the norm. You know, yeah. that's everybody's brain. Your your brain chemistry actually changes as you expose it to these chemicals and that's that's what you know all the the fast food franchises and all the you know the sugar pushers like the 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 cola companies and stuff like that's what they count on you yeah. know they they have uh i forget what they call it they have this moment that it's called the the oh yeah moment or the you know uh, it's basically the the level of sugar they put in a product that makes you crave it. Yeah. And and they they have scientists who perfect the exact amount. Yeah. And so when you put that in your mouth, because if you have too much sugar, you don't like the taste. Yeah. And if you don't have enough sugar, then you don't crave it. Right. And so they find that crave point, and that's what they all shoot for, because yeah. that's what 
makes money because you buy more of their product. Yeah, and it's interesting that you would say that because I've had um, I've had some people comment here and there. If I I don't talk about the sugar thing very often, I don't say anything about it unless it really comes up and somebody keeps pushing me to eat something. And I say, you know what? It's been actually a long time since I've had it. Mm -hmm. Um, But thank you. And they're like, well, how do you know that that sauce on that fish didn't have any sugar? And how do you know that that salad dressing didn't have any sugar? And for me, I'm like, well... I don't know for yeah. sure. I mean, I don't know, but it didn't taste sweet and it definitely wasn't enough to trigger any of those cascades of mm-hmm. craving and addiction and insulin resistance. And and I think you can naturally fall into that rhythm of recognizing when that's going to happen and when it won't. And until you're there, it's better to just avoid it completely. <coughs> yeah. And I think that's what an important point as well is um, it's not so much the that you'll never have sugar. It's that you are aware of what you're putting in your body. Yeah. And I think that's a huge turning point for a lot of people because the the same lady that I was talking about earlier, um, we we had that discussion about sugar and how those energy balls had nothing but sugar in them. Mm -hmm. And uh, she she kept saying, well, you know, I well, what about this? And she would throw in another sugar substitute or what about this? And I'm like, they all have sugar. And I'm not telling you that you should never consume these things. What I'm telling you is just know what you're consuming, what you're putting in your body. And all of those sweet flavors still trigger that dopamine response. So it doesn't even matter if it's stevia and it doesn't have any calories and we don't know of any really negative health effects or anything like that. It's still going to cause you to crave more sweet stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where you get into the danger zone. You know, that's when you start stress eating or you know like i'm not full i need something to eat yeah um and then you end up looking like i did at the beginning of all this you know (laughs) so there there you have it it's you know it's so easy to to go down that road of recognizing everything as a need for carbohydrates thirst is a need for carbohydrates Mm -hmm. low energy is a need for carbohydrates need for dopamine or stimulation is a need for carbohydrates it's just so easy to get in that cycle and waking up in the morning is a need for carbohydrates yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) watching tv is a need for carbohydrates yes yes oh gosh uh, I uh, sorry. This is a side note, and it has nothing to do with health. Uh, but it's just you just reminded me of that. I was actually speaking with someone the other day who was one of those very uh, hipsterish people. Uh-huh. You know, the the kind that I'm so cool and everything I do is so original, even though everybody else in the world is doing it. Uh-huh. And uh, she went off about um, the fact that she doesn't own a TV, uh-huh. and she kind of looked down on me because I do. Uh-huh. And and she's like, well, I don't watch TV, and da 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 da. And so then I started talking about. Uh, I was talking with somebody else in the area about uh, a show that they had watched. And she's like, oh, my God, I love that show. <laughs> and I was like, uh, you don't watch TV. How do you even know what the show is? And she's like, uh, I have Netflix. And I was like, then you have a TV. <laughs> like, if you can watch Netflix, you have a TV. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what do you watch it on? She's like, my laptop. And I was like, you have a super TV. Yeah. You can watch any TV show ever at the click of a button. Like, <laughs> uh, So anyways, it just, yeah, it made me it made me laugh a little bit. You know, I think it's really easy to to look at stuff like that and like I find that people sometimes I've mentioned before people Mm -hmm. will do that with me avoiding sugar they'll jump in and say well but what about this and what about this and try to find little holes and it's like you know it's it's not about you or your perception or anything that I do this for (laughs) me you know you can you can say that me having a glass of wine counts as me having sugar but to me it doesn't that's not yeah it's not the same to me um 
But I do think that the effort to cut TV out of your life or, or reduce TV is really good. And I, I do like somewhat the trend with the millennials to avoid having the TV yeah. and to watch stuff on the laptop. And the reason I like that is because you can do it while you're prepping food or you can do it while you're involved in another activity and you're not tied to a scheduled TV program. So I think yeah. it's a nice trend that people do that. And I think it potentially can really increase your amount of screen time or really mm -hmm. decrease it because as soon as that show's over, you can watch the next one and the next one and the next one. So that promotes a lot of binge watching or it can just like help you incorporate that entertainment into your active life. Well, here's the thing. Until um, until the advent of Netflix and, uh, you know, I, I got a Kindle and stuff where I could watch stuff like that. I didn't watch a lot of TV like ever. It yeah. was I mean, honestly, uh, I watched like uh, I might have watched the Academy Awards, uh, a few movies and, you know, Jeopardy, like mm -hmm. occasionally, you know, when there was time. But I never really sat down to watch a program on a regular basis. And so but then once that happened, like it, it's exactly like you're saying, like if I'm making a meal or if I'm working on something, you know, I'll have it playing in the background as like background noise. And, you know, I pay yeah. attention enough to get through the story. And, you know, so I've watched a ton of TV since then. So, yes, it's definitely up to that. But it's always why I'm doing something else. Yeah. Like I. I never I it bores me if I sat down on the couch and go to watch a TV show like I'm, I'm physically bored yeah um, you know unless I'm watching like a football game or a hockey game or something like that yeah. um, and so it's just um, yeah but the the fact of the matter was not the fact that she doesn't own a physical TV but the fact that she was trying to act like she was yeah. so high <laughs> and mighty and above everybody because uh -huh. she didn't have one and then it was all of a sudden it's like but you do watch TV you're full of crap you know <laughs> So anyway, but yeah, no, I, I can I can see where that's a good point. Yeah. But. Yeah. I think that that in general, there's there's a really big shift in entertainment practices. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to see it have a really big effect on our health in mm -hmm. all kinds of ways, some positive and some. We're negative. one step away from Wally. I'm yeah, telling you. I know we are. Got those little scooter things that they just have to stand on now and they don't even have to like, you know, do any physical movement. Yeah. 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 They're going to attach an iPad to one of those. And the next thing you know, you're just laying down, floating through the air. There's there's just so much. And I think that um, like the the watches and the gadgets and all that kind of stuff, I think it it those things can help people feel like they're more active and like they're doing more. And I, I don't know that that's that's accurate. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think if you stuck me on a treadmill and put me in front of a really interesting drama that I could watch as many episodes as I want, I might, I might exercise for a long time just so I can keep watching. <laughs> I don't know. I'm assuming it's probably working for some people. See, now that would be cool. Like if you, especially if you tied the power supply to the exercise being done. I really think that would be a good idea. I there, do too. There's equipment out there that's moving in that direction. That would be great because yeah. that would, pr that would make you want to go longer yeah. and, you know, <laughs> do more. Yeah. Of course, then we, we wind up with people who are over-exercising because they got to have their stories, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then we have injuries and uh, there <laughs> you true. go. Uh, but um, th you bring up a good point about the the gadgets and the how everything is so easily accessible now that people think they're doing more, but they're not. Mm -hmm. um, I've actually I've had a few days like that that I'm a, I'm ashamed, but you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie about it. There have been a couple of days where like I will sit down and like I'll play a, I'll play a game or something on my phone or on my tablet or something, and I literally will sit there and lose track of time. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like I look up and it's dark outside, and I'm like. What did I do today? Yeah. Oh, crap. I played a game on a on a phone. You know, I'm yeah. like, this was a wasted day in my life. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, like, uh, and I'm not saying that, you know, every once in a while you don't just need to unwind and do something that makes no sense or isn't productive. But at the same time, it's, it's, it makes you feel bad when you think about it that way, when you realize, oh, I have literally achieved nothing today. Yeah. And, you know, all I have to show for it is my new high score on my phone, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's one of those things I think people, we, we need to figure out a way to make a happy medium there. Yeah, it's hard, and I keep threatening to switch to a flip phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are some reasons why that would be difficult. But um, I I started actually with disconnecting my email from my phone, mm-hmm. which I mentioned to you uh, when I did it um, that you wouldn't be able to access me that way because I don't I only check my email when I'm when I have consciously sat down to review my emails. Yeah. And um, I took the Facebook app off of my phone, so I basically took everything off that that's like a time waster and Mm -hmm. my biggest thing is still that i will research something that i end up wasting time doing that where it's like i probably didn't learn anything that important (laughs) but those devices are so so easy to get wrapped up in it's true and it's uh used to be you had to sit down at a computer and now you have a computer in your pocket all the time yeah you know Yeah. yeah agreed um was there anything else that you wanted to cover as far as hydration goes or well, so let's see. We've talked about we've talked about the hunger. We've talked about some of the the symptoms associated: brain fog, short term memory, um, and and feeling like you're getting frequent headaches mm-hmm. or dry eyes, dry mouth, dry skin. Um, definitely, you'll see some some cosmetic effects of not getting enough hydration, mm-hmm. especially. Um, just changes in your the skin on your face, mm-hmm. and so that's something that women probably notice more than men. Um, oh, I notice the skin on my face every day. Like <laughs> anytime I have a mirror around, I'm like, "Hey, there is skin on my you face." You stop and notice yeah. it. Um, and and digestive problems like chronic constipation is mm-hmm. is a big thing for a lot of people where they just realize that they're not or they don't realize that they're not drinking enough water. Yeah. So I think all of those things are really important because. If you're thinking um, about headaches, fatigue, dizziness, brain fog, um, and and just in general not feeling well, those things are not things that promote a healthy diet and exercise. So aside from actually slowing down your metabolism, you're going to run into other reasons that you're not following your program because you're not drinking enough. And so what's your do you know what the rule of thumb is on water intake for the day? Uh, I know what my rule of thumb is, yeah. and that is drink until you're about to explode. <laughs> no, it's um um, I believe is it, is it supposed to be half your body weight? Half your body weight in ounces plus another um two, so twice the amount of any caffeinated drink. So if you had one eight ounce cup of coffee, then you'd have a sixteen ounce glass of water to compensate for that. Oh, okay. So that's it's a lot. That's Fair quite enough. a bit of water. Well, I actually, um, I drink, I, I try to drink uh, between 120 and 140 ounces of water a day mm-hmm. uh, as part of my, my workout regimen and all of that. Um, now, on days where I'm actually in the gym, like, I'll, I'll tend to drink a little bit more when I'm on, but like I said, with the traveling and stuff and everything that I'm recovering from, uh, I had neglected that big time. And I think that's part of the reason that I had that weight gain during the break. Um, but now I'm back down to where I was before I left. Uh, as of today, I weighed in this morning. I'm back at 3.30. Good. Um, so I'm good. I'm, I'm where I want to be. And now I'm shooting for 320 is my next goal. Um, but a big thing that helped me with that, because earlier on in the week was when I made this realization. Mm-hmm. And that's part of why I want to talk about hydration today um, <clears throat> is because I, I drastically changed from, uh, let's see, what day was it? I think 
it was, I think it was Wednesday and I, I realized, you know, I was like, cause I have these big water bottles that I bought when we started this, they're 32 ounce water bottles. Mm-hmm. So they have the markings on the side so I can see exactly how much I've drank uh, and I can keep track because the goal was 120 ounces, which mm-hmm. is four of these water bottles. And so, um, I noticed, I, I'm like, wow, I've only refilled my water bottle like once and it's the end of the day. And I was like, that's not nearly enough water that I need. And so as of Thursday, like I started, um, I started trying to drink more and you'll, you'll notice big time when you first start this, when you try to drink this amount, you will not be able to, like, you will literally feel like you're going to explode. Yeah. And it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's a terrible thing, thing when you first start out as far as feeling pressured to do it. If, if you force yourself to do it, you could even make yourself sick. Mm-hmm. So ease yourself into it. Like, don't be like, Oh, I need to drink 120 ounces and then just go slam it all at once. Pace yourself throughout the day. Be like, okay, I need to drink 30 ounces by 11 o'clock and then I need to drink another 30 by one o'clock, you know, like pace yourself. But uh, if you do that and you allow it, like you'll notice first and foremost, your body will start urinating like crazy, Mm -hmm. you know, because you have all this extra water. But then once you accumulate enough and your body gets a little bit more used to it, that sort of dies down a bit because your body's actually processing that water. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you'll you'll literally you'll watch the scale just like start plummeting because your body will start functioning the way it's supposed to. It boosts your metabolism. Uh, you start, you know, burning all these extra calories and it's, it's like night and day. Yeah. I think that's really important. And for some people that say, I hate drinking water. I can't drink water. It's just like anything else. If you develop a routine, you'll start to crave it. Mm -hmm. So, so part of it is just habit. One of my favorite habits is I know every day, at least once a day, I will be in my car. Mm -hmm. And so I keep a one liter bottle that I fill up before I get in my car and at any time I'm about to get in my car. So I know at least while I'm driving, I'll drink that liter. And it's just mm-hmm. one way that I, I keep that routine up. And so I think building routines into your schedule can make it so that you're always thirsty at that time and you remember. That's good. Yeah. The other thing is if you just feel like you can't drink water, you hate drinking water, it's fine to start with little things to help. Mm-hmm. For example, in your 32 ounce bottle of water, if you just hated drinking water, you could put some strawberries or cucumbers or whatever, mm-hmm. some lemon or lime or something to flavor that water. And that would help a little bit. There are also some products that do have a little bit of sugar, mm-hmm. but some things that Kool-Aid, can, like Kool-Aid is tang. what I would recommend drinking as much <laughs> tang as possible. <laughs> there, there are emergency packets. Mm-hmm. So that's something that you can get Walmart, um, Walgreens, pr- pretty much any store is going to sell emergency packets. Okay. And so those are, they are like 25 calories mm-hmm. and they contain vitamin C. And so what I wouldn't recommend is that you mix it like it says on the package. Okay. But because isn't it like one of those per like 16 ounce bottle of water? I would say if you added it, I think it's like a packet per eight ounces. I think really? it's meant to just wow. be one drink. That would be really heavily concentrated. So um, we'd have to look at the label. But I, I mean, I think yeah. it's meant to be pretty strong and pretty sweet. So if you added like half a packet to your 32 ounce bottle and then the other half to the next bottle, yeah. if that makes you drink, great. And then taper it off. And so, again, we don't have to be super rigid about everything. If if you're going from drinking like five Dr. Peppers a day to using a little bit of emergency to make it taste a little bit better, then you can always taper that off. And it's easier to taper off than something else. Yeah, that's true. And speaking of Dr. Pepper uh, or Coke, as we call it in Texas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that just reminded because growing up uh, in, in the South, like you learn like everything is Coke. 
uh, as far Everything, as, yeah. as as far as soda pop goes. And so it's one of those things like uh, someone will be going to the store and they're like, "Hey, I'm going to go to the store. Uh, you want a coke?" And it's like, uh, "Yeah." And they're like, "What kind of coke?" And you're like, "Oh, Dr Pepper." You know. And it's just, uh, it was really funny. Oh, that's funny. Sorry. Yeah, when you said Dr. Pepper, it made me think of it. It's such a regional thing. <laughs> and since I've I've seen patients in more than one state, yeah. and I, I've lived in some different areas where, where people use different terminology, I always have this awkward moment before I ask somebody about their intake of carbonated beverages, where I'm <laughs> like, how much soft drink do you consume <laughs> because there's like soda pop soda pop and all yeah. the, and coke and all these different things so i'm always like awkward moment which one do i pick there's soda there's pop there's coke, carbonated there's, beverage yes. <laughs> you <Yoo-hoo. laughs> who <laughs> uh anyway um so yeah and that's another thing remember when you're when you're trying to stay hydrated and you're trying to uh drink more water um don't compensate the ounces of water with things like that like soda and, and right. you know um, don't don't count that as part of your goal because you're not. You're actually you're hindering yourself. You're pulling yourself back. Right. You have to double those. Things yeah. If your goal water. is 120 ounces and you drink 30 ounces of that is is soda or you know coffee or tea or something like that, then you're still nowhere near your goal. So make sure right. that you're very aware of that. Once again, like I think the end of the day. Everybody out there would be more beneficial. Just realize what you put in your body. Yes. You wouldn't you wouldn't pick up a can of a mystery liquid and just drink it, you know, without knowing what it is. Um, I mean, it could be gasoline. It could be grape juice. You know, you, you don't know. Um, so why would you do that with your body with things you're consuming knowingly? You know, like know what what take time. There's that fancy little label that the, the Surgeon General made everybody put on there or the FDA made everybody put on their products like take time read the ingredients find mm-hmm. out what it is remember that the first ingredients you read are what uh, the majority of the product is mm-hmm. so if you pick up a box and that first thing that says is sugar or some form of sugar probably not for you probably yeah. put it down walk away yeah and and that's that's truly that's how that's how we're going to as a society get into better health and get into better shape is by by making those votes you know when people realize those aren't the products that you're buying anymore then yeah they're going to try to repackage it they'll probably give it a fancy new name they'll they'll call it you know saccharin or sucralose or you know uh high fructose corn syrup you know mm-hmm. that's that's the the devil right now and um you know there's there's always going to be another name for it but be educated, you know, um, you wouldn't just put, you know, you wouldn't just put a rock in your mouth and swallow it, you know. So why <laughs> would you put something like this in there? Well, and I think people do trust that that our FDA regulates a certain amount of things that go into our diet. But I think that that you shouldn't put too much faith in that. No, I don't think you should assume that the people that are regulating the foods that you're eating know that much about what you're taking in. Well, let's keep in mind, those are the same people that told us that smoking was good for you back (laughs) back when back when it first became popular. Yeah. You know, like doctors used to recommend cigarettes to people and they would smoke during surgery and, you know, stuff like that. (laughs) And and now that they've done more research, they know more about it. You know, now there's warnings about it on on the packages. And uh, it's it's the exact same thing. You have to realize along the timeline of you know uh the industry there we're still in the early stages of the whole sugar craze Mm -hmm. and so it may take a while before they realize it to the point uh that they put warnings on things with sugar and you know i i 
don't think it'll I don't think it'll be that far in the future because a lot of people are aware of it now. But at the same time, you never can tell. I mean, and when it comes to government, you know, money always comes first. Yeah. And so it may never be. That's why the war on fat started, because yeah. people realized that either fat or sugar was bad for you. And the sugar company had more money to offer. So fat became the enemy. It's it. I think that another thing to think about is that everyone's always going to bank on the average consumer being uninformed, mm -hmm. immediate gratification, and not caring about the long term. And so in the same way that you can, if you're, if you're running a McDonald's, you can bank on volume mm -hmm. and you can bank on people that aren't necessarily concerned about quality. And you can bank on numbers being there for, for high, you know, low cost, low cost, low quality, high consumption. Mm -hmm. You can bank on that being a bigger business or you can look at a more expensive, high quality restaurant being much smaller, serving a much smaller group of people. And there's a market for that, but it's smaller. So they charge more. Very true. And so I think the same is true with, with food, right? If you go into the grocery store, the vast majority of the store is catering to that McDonald's population, that Walmart population. That's the profitable population. Yeah, yeah because if you're looking at volume over quality, then then that's that's who we're targeting. So so most companies are targeting assuming that you are uninformed, that you don't care and that you will not pay attention to what they're giving you. That's what most people are banking on. And then there are a few companies that are assuming you are paying attention to quality and they're charging way more for their products. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's important to think these companies are putting stuff in there, not because it's safe, not because it's high quality, because they know you're not looking. Mm -hmm. They know you don't care and they're banking on that. Well, and that, that a lot of that stuff, too, is designed to make you crave their product and to make you want to come back for it. It's, yeah. it's that crave factor that I was talking about earlier with the sugar. Yeah. Um, if, if they can make you addicted to their product or make you want their product over any other product, you're willing to come back time and time and time again. I mean, even if even if it's physically killing you, you're, you're going to buy their product until you're dead. You know? I would be really interested to know with some of those really unhealthy products that are out there, how many of those CEOs only not only consume that food, but feed it to their families. And I would <laughs> bet you that the answer Very is few. almost none of yeah. them. Yeah, I, I sincerely doubt whoever uh, runs the McDonald's corporation now feeds his family McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I, I doubt it. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, did you know to buy a McDonald's franchise? It's uh, one, last time I checked, it's one point six million dollars to open a franchise, but they guarantee that you'll make that money back within a year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Crazy, right? That's amazing. And then you go to Hamburger University so you can learn how to run and operate your McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it makes sense that it's a profitable model. There's high volume, and they still make money off of the business because the McDonald's owns so much real estate mm -hmm. in the United States. So they're actually the people that run the franchises are more in the business of the real estate. Yeah, and making money off of that. And and that's the thing too, because like they they continuously like once once a franchise is opened, uh, McDonald's makes money because they sell that franchise their product. They they right. they own that building. They you know like everything that makes profit like has to come through them. Like there's no outside sources that are taking money away from McDonald's, and it's one of those things that it's literally just keeps churning money because people come and come and come and come and yeah, you know it's it's so. 
it's it's genius on the level that mad scientists are geniuses. Yeah, it's evil you know? genius. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like muah ha 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 ha. But look at the clown. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So anyway, I'll, I'll get off that that high horse well, or that Shetland th- pony, if you will. <laughs> I think that it might be interesting sometime to um s- to sit down and just talk about some fast food topics. Yeah. Like what what happens to those French fries if they if I have one favorite fast food thing, it mm-hmm. would be French fries. Mm-hmm. And what happens to them? Like what what's in it? What do they do to those potatoes? Sugar and beef. <laughs> two of the main ingredients of McDonald's French fries. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I wish so, I was. So is there still beef and beef tallow in McDonald's French fries? Yeah. I thought they took it out in like the late 80s and switched to vegetable oil. They they have vegetable oil. But the if you read the contents like on the packaging, this is as of the last time I went to McDonald's, which I think was like five or six years ago. Uh-huh. It still has beef listed as one of the ingredients. Interesting. And so I think by law they have to because of the content. Right. Um, yeah, that's interesting. We should talk about we should talk I about agree. this is a good topic. This yeah. this will be a future show. We'll just talk about all the fast food chains and their food and how Taco Bell doesn't use real meat and you know things like and what is Taco Bell meat? Like <laughs> maybe that's something we need to get down to the base. Have you read a book called Fast Food Nation? I have not, but I've heard of it. So that might be something to read before we have this conversation. And and anyone else out there who wants to to actually learn about the food industry, not just fast food, but yeah. the food industry in general. I think it's a really interesting read and it was actually one of the first books that I read that inspired me to make some changes in aside from my health but make changes in where I got my food and how I how I paid attention to that makes sense makes sense well I'll tell you what we will uh, we'll plan that for a future episode Uh, now next week we actually have a special episode because you have invited a guest yes Uh, who's who's our guest gonna be and let's just let's tell the listeners a little bit about her so that way uh, they can look forward to it so Tammy Rising is a life coach okay. and she is part of um, a program called the Inner Genius Project. And so she has developed this program to help people achieve their goals. Okay. And so identify, find their why, find their reason for why they're trying to do things and, and identify what it's going to take for them to get there. So um, she works with, with all kinds of people for all kinds of different reasons and um, has done some coaching in a weight loss program that I'm a part of mm-hmm. and just helping people understand why are you trying to lose weight? What's your reason and how are we going to get there? And so I think it'll be really interesting to sit down and go through this exercise with her. Yeah, that'll be fun. And uh, who knows, maybe she'll get in touch with my inner genius and then we'll just have a, a heyday. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be, it'll be genius. Fair enough. Yeah, you can always tell a genius because they use terms like heyday. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they use words like stuff. That's right. Stuff and things. Yes. Uh, anyway, so uh, did you have anything else you want to talk about today? Or nope. we good? Yeah. Just, just a reminder to everyone to drink half your body weight in ounces plus um, the additional water for any caffeinated drink you have. Yes, and I would really like ounces. everyone to focus on that as their number one health priority this week and just see what happens. Pay attention Agreed. to your energy, pay attention to your focus, pay attention to your mood and pay attention to any aches and pains or headaches or anything like that. On top of that, pay attention to your weight because I'm, I'm not kidding. I know this sounds hokey and it sounds like one of those things, but literally weigh yourself before you start doing this and then weigh yourself at the end of the week. And just have a normal week, just a normal week like you do everything you normally do. I, I almost guarantee in every situation you will see at least two, three pounds uh, gone. 
Okay. Like it's, so I'm it's gonna, gonna do it change with you this time. I'm yeah. gonna change nothing at all. Nothing I'm not, at all. I don't weigh myself really very often, but I'm gonna do it this week. I'll yeah. do it before and after, and I'll give you my results with changing absolutely nothing about anything. Except it's a that. crazy difference, and it'll blow your mind the first couple times it happens because you're like, I literally did nothing this week and I lost weight. Yeah. And it's 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 pretty awesome. It's all right. Pretty awesome. Let's do it. All right. Fair enough. Um. Well, one one quick thing that you forgot to mention as a danger of being dehydrated and you being a redhead, you should be mostly ashamed of this because <laughs> for the mermaid population out there, it will turn your fins into legs. That's true. I totally yeah. forgot about that. I'm just yeah, saying. You don't want to turn into a human. No, because then how are you going to save King Trident, you know? <laughs> Anyways. All right. So <laughs> enough, enough silliness for me. Um, for my co-host, the wonderful, the amazing Dr. Alicia Johnson, N.D., Insert music. <laughs> I am uh, I am your other host, Frank Beefcake Monroe, reminding you to uh, go out and do something healthy for yourself. gang it's your old buddy beefcake from the randomosity health podcast right here on the randomosity podcast network we'll be right back to the show in just a moment but first i wanted to let you know about an awesome interactive opportunity for you to get your personal health and fitness questions answered by our expert guests on randomosity health now there are two simple ways to contact us with your questions method one just email us at randomosityhealth at gmail.com or method two, go to www.randomositypodcast.com and click on the Contact Us tab. And then you can use any of the methods listed there to submit your question. Just be sure to send your question to the attention of Randomosity Health. And whether on air or in person, our expert guests will be happy to answer your health and fitness questions. Now, these can be questions ranging from the latest diet fad to how to work out properly. It can literally be anything. Uh, it doesn't matter what your question is. We'll eventually have an expert on the show at one time or another that will be able to answer any single kind of question you may have. So go ahead, get those questions in. And uh, for now, we're going to get back to the show right here on the randomosity podcast network we really hope that you are enjoying randomosity health 